Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of This American Left, where we feature interviews and uh, long-form discussions about various currents in the left. I'm using my NPR voice today. No, uh, I can't keep that up. Uh, first episode of This American Left features two members from the Class Unity Caucus of the DSA. You know how you're talking to people that, that don't like DSA? They say, they say the DSA. That's a pretty good indicator. Anyway, in, in the Great Lakes, we just put the before everything. You put the you go into the McDonald's, the McDonald's. All right. So that voice you're hearing right there, um, I'm breaking character. I'm breaking roles here. So that voice you're hearing right there is uh, Mo from Buffalo. She's a member of, of Class Unity. Welcome to this American left, Mo. Act one, Class Unity Caucus. <laughs> class class. <laughs> wow, you're you you just exposed yourself as yeah. a like I'm just I, I don't actually I wasn't really sure where to go from there. Like I haven't I don't have enough NPR under my belt to really keep that up for much longer. But you just who cares? I'll listen to this American Life. I'm not a snob. It's it's um it's nice stories. Okay, Mo from Class Unity Caucus just exposed herself as a lip. Joining us as well. <laughs> Joining us as well from Class Unity Caucus on on this first this the first episode of This American Left is Conrad from Portland, also a member of Class Unity. How you doing, Conrad? Doing okay. Uh, it's good to be here, Adam. Pleasure to have you both on. Class Unity is a little bit of an enigma. I, I, we were talking off air before we started recording here. You guys are a little bit of an enigma, and in, in, in the sense that you guys formed after the kind of uh, earliest influx of ideologically, like ideological caucuses, right? Old heads, you know, the real ones out there in the audience will know that um, I had a, <laughs> a discussion with Adolf Reed Jr. on the show uh, three years ago now, somewhat become uh, legendary, not in the way that you want to be legendary, <laughs> by sort of going on record against the the foundation of caucuses in DSA in the lead up to um, what was then the 2017 convention, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And um, we were sort of railing against the notion of permanent identity caucuses. And the fear was that these identity ca- caucuses become proxies, uh, anti-democratic, unrepresentational proxies for certain ideological streams. And um, what followed shortly thereafter was the formation of permanent, like just explicitly ideological caucuses. Right. You have, um, you know, ultimately uh, the, the, the foundation of you guys correct me on this one. We've got Collective Power Network. You've got uh, Bread and Roses. You've got uh, who else am I leading out, leaving out here? Refoundation. Refoundation. Right. Which is I'm not sure what they're really up to anymore. You know, R.I.P. R.I.P. To, to some real ones. You know, I was talking to you guys about this. And part of the reason why I wanted to do this little series is just kind of have a little fun and talk about some. Some, some left goings on. But the other reason is because we just don't talk about this anymore on the podcast left. The podcast left. What the fuck that is? Like people don't talk about this in the in the socialist media sphere anymore. And I remember, you know, it wasn't very long ago. It was just two and a half, three years ago that the, the various leadership of the slates leading up to DSA's convention in 2017 were on Chapo fucking trap house. You know, Chapo's getting at, the, at this time, you know, like, I don't even know, like, a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand listens per episode. They're up in like the millions now, but they were a massive 
platform in 2017, having on the leadership of like momentum on the one side, uh, you guys remember Larry website or something like that going. And I, I believe Ella, who is now, I believe a member of bread and roses, uh, there's some competing factions, competing caucuses, some of the old heads, the kind of Harringtonites, the blue hairs weren't represented on Chapo because they probably didn't know what a podcast was at the time. But the long, the long end of it is that we don't talk about this in public anymore. And I think it's a fucking shame. I don't know that if like we're too big, we're too cool, we're too serious. If caucuses and, and, and ideological conversations, debates have sort of gone underground in a way that people are kind of terrified to discuss these things out in the open. I've been talking and lamenting the death of democratic culture on DPS since I started, uh, you know, uh, four, four and a half years now. And we're just sort of reaping the end of history here on, on the, the kind of death of democratic culture. But with that being said, you know, we're going to talk much more about these themes as we go on. Um, your caucus is relatively new. Who wants to kind of dive in and talk about kind of give us a date on when it founded and, and, and what, in what context it was, it was born. Yeah, I'll, I'll take this question. So class unity came out of the results of, previous uh, attempts to organize a Marxist caucus within DSA. Uh, there was something called Spring Caucus, which sort of as its chief components had a group of people from East Bay DSA and a group of people from Philly DSA, as well as individuals from around the country who wanted mm-hmm. to affiliate. Chicago, um, Arizona, um, other places. Te- Texas, yeah, Chicago, Arizona. There were some people in Seattle. Seattle. Uh, really, people from all over. But the two, the two chapters where like people actually ran the chapters and were in leadership, uh, the main ones were East Bay and Philadelphia. At this, uh, at Spring Caucus's founding convention, there were some interesting rules put in place for how elections uh, to the caucus's leadership would take place um, that basically involved a slate being put forward as a motion and to sort of run against anyone on the slate, people would have to make individual motions to swap out individual people and then finally vote the entire thing up and down at the end. Uh, the result of this is that the, uh, the faction from Philadelphia was underrepresented in leadership. And almost immediately after the national convention, there started to be serious questions raised uh, within the caucus about its long-term viability, mostly stemming from political differences, real or imagined, between the leadership and the people in Philadelphia. Part of the reason for this, leadership voiced their concerns about the Philly comrades' Uh, status as a liability in other people in DSA's view of of Spring Caucus, citing you know conversations they'd had around the country with um, members of leadership of various chapters who had you know been concerned about uh, Billy DSA's politics. Um, yeah. To be very clear, I expect listeners of the show are probably somewhat familiar with DSA, but they you know are closely aligned with what you might call the Adolf Reed school. Of, yeah. um, I was going to say, I mean, that, that disdain, that like concern about the reputation of anyone affiliated with anyone in Philly comes directly from the kinds of 
interventions that I was just, that I opened the show with, you know, my, my conversation with Adolf about, you know, whether or not there should be permanent identity based caucuses, um, that have very little to no aspiration towards like legitimate representation of said identities. Um, even if we, even if we take that as a universal good, like there was no aspiration or there no sort of, um, you know, I mean, to have an identity caucus without any guarantee that it's representative in any way, numerically, ideologically, politically, economically, you name it, of that said identity is uh, questionable. It's a questionable thing to have in, inside of an organization. You would want uh, democracy and representation amongst the, the caucus or else it's just um, it's an ideological formation under the, the, the guise of, of an identity. Right. Um, and so, exactly. yeah, I mean, the, the kind of disagreements you're talking about sort of go, go well beyond the even kind of formation of, of the, the modern the contemporary DSA, but it really stems from, from those conversations. And there were members of Philly DSA who had various, you know, inter, I think various kind of milk toast. And I mean that in like a, not a, not a bad way, just like kind of work a day socialist critiques of various political phenomenon Even that, that it shouldn't be at all controversial or remarkable it shouldn't be at all controversial or remarkable work a day i think work a day is the word i was looking for not milk toast oh, yeah. work a day work a day socialist critiques by the likes of melissa nashcheck she's going to hate me for name checking on the show but sorry melissa melissa nashcheck talking uh you know reviewing books or, or talking about various phenomena on the pages of jacobin and and it being completely blown out of proportion with the his like hysterical uh, claims and remarks about, you know, class reductionism. And so um, it sounds like, you know, this is this was the political kind of organizational instantiation of of that of that debate. Exactly. Um, and, and, yeah. and in a way that was even more disappointing, I'll say it was, it was even more disappointing because it, um, it, was, it was among people who at least purportedly, at least on paper, occupy the same slice of the same ideological strategic slice of DSA, right? You would expect that on opposite poles of DSA being such a large big tent organization. But what was so disappointing, I think so disheartening about that split was that these were people who at least on paper occupy the same sliver of ideological and strategic terrain. Yep. Is that, is that accurate? That is, that is accurate. So just to kind of like finish up the explanation after these concerns were raised, um, you know, there was a lot of hullabaloo, but eventually there was a vote about dissolving the caucus. And what happened immediately after the caucus dissolved was that the faction who had, you know, brought the vote to dissolve it uh, reformed into a different caucus called, called Bread and Roses. Class Unity's initial members, you know, the people who joined before I did, were essentially individuals who were trying to join Spring Caucus at the time of its dissolution and afterwards were either unwilling or unable to join Bread and Roses, which is what provided kind of the initial impetus for developing a informal network of uh, DSA members united around you know, our set of principles. And after that, the decision to go public with the formation was really spurred on by the 2019 convention. I'm sure all the listeners are aware there were some uh, extremely embarrassing uh, things that happened at that convention, made it all the way to you know right-wing media, um, as in like TV media, not just uh, random Twitter posters, uh, that really made apparent the need for a serious intervention in DSA to improve 
the democratic culture, but also just improve kind of the horizon of political discourse uh, and thinking. And yeah, for, to be more explicit about yeah. that, that was the kind of boo clapping, anti clapping <laughs> um, kind of um, you're triggering me um, concerns that came out. I think I think really, and I've talked about this, and I and I don't want to be like glib or flippant about about the the topic, which is like disability rights or disability status inside the organization. But, uh, but what I will say, and I have said, is that that just made a hatchet job of actually existing like disability concerns. Right. Like I don't I think all three of us yeah. feel very strongly about the importance of providing for uh, various variously abled people in broader society, for sure. But even inside of our organizations. But I think the, the that's not the argument. The argument isn't fucking disabled people. Right. For the sake of socialism. The argument is, you know, you guys aren't even really doing <laughs> like any you're not coming from any like therapeutically or, or, or scientifically valid place. When you're fighting for, you know, these um, alleged, um, I don't know, alleged. The, the um, argument is that, that like, like what this sort of behavior puts on display is, you know, an alienating, um, self-serving activist subculture that yeah. most people don't understand and don't relate to. And um, as was shown on, like Conrad referenced, right-wing media, most people freak out about and think is really, really weird, you know, so a new, a new caucus was definitely needed because the one that purported to be Marxist, you know, was like showing we're not actually going to pursue any sort of commitment to class politics or to democracy. So that's why, that's why class unity was born. (laughs) Okay. So context is really, I mean, uh, you know, in talking about inside DSA baseball shit, which is kind of, again, like not very hip, yeah. On, on left podcast these days is really important to kind of contextualize this because you know the first the first question I could have asked you would have been like hey would you like to talk about your statement of principles and it's like that'd be great but like the problem is I could have on like all three or four major caucuses in DSA right now and your statement of principles would look almost identical almost identical with a couple like key buzzwords and caveats and I don't mean that to denigrate anybody's statement of principles it's just that you know oh we're all socialists all so we all want equality we all want democracy and society and we all and it's like okay but that, that's not very informative about where the rifts are and and why they're important and 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 how each caucus sort of emerges in a historical and contextual moment um, to intervene in specific and certain ways. So with that being said, we can continue talking about the history um, a little bit, but let's talk about those the, that state those statements of of principle. What are kind of the um, the the legs of the stool that you know that uh, that makes up class unity? Yeah. So our statement of principles covers a fairly small amount of territory, really. We define ourselves as a Marxist caucus. This concludes your free teaser of this week's B-Side. Head over to patreon.com slash deadpundits and subscribe today to hear the rest of this episode and to double your DPS pleasure each week.